Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Oh, we have a massive, massive, massive change and massive news coming out of the sports betting world. No other program out there will give you this as the lead story, but ladies and gentlemen, your lives will be massively affected if you are a sports betting fan. Massively affected. We are going to get into that without delay. We also have a couple of really concerning things going on with the coronavirus and how it might affect what we're looking at in the fall. Uh, And then some good news, maybe, on the New York front for legalized sports betting to go mobile. So we have a lot to talk about today. Facebook and Twitter, that gets you part of the show. It's Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N, iHeart, iTunes Radio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates, SoundCloud, or SportsGarden.com is where you can listen to us all you'd like. Guys, this is massive news that I have to report, and I have to tell you that at first glance, many, many, many people, specifically just sports fans, are going to overlook this. This is one of those stories. Think about government, right? We often uh, correlate things that we don't understand to to maybe a government look. In government, you have this big package, and it's a 37-page package, but on page 36, they throw in, you know, a secondary bill, or they throw in different wording, and then 20 years later, it says, he voted against clean water, and you, you go, well, not really. I voted against a giant bill that had something to do with something else, and then it was against clean water. This This is one of those kind of situations where almost under the radar, almost in the dead of the night, nobody knows about it. Shh, don't say anything. But boom, it is a massive, massive story in the sports betting world. And that is the Superbook USA this season will not list pitchers. So there's not going to be the listed pitchers. Now, for those novices out there, when you go out and you go bet uh, an NFL game and you take, let's just say you take the Tampa Bay Bucks minus seven over New Orleans, right? That, that That's what the line is, and that's it. If Tom Brady decides 15 minutes before the game, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm just uh, going to take this game off. I don't feel good, right? I, I, I got a stomach bug. I, I, I hurt my finger in warm-ups, and I'm going to get out of this game. Or Alvin Kamara gets hurt in warm-ups. Ah, pulls a hammy in warm-ups. Ah, I'm not feeling too good. And he gets out. Doesn't matter. You still got your Bucks play minus seven, or you still got your Saints play plus the seven. Whatever it might be, doesn't matter if guys are in there or not. In the NHL, it's the same thing. In the NHL, you're betting on the team, not the goalie. Or the backup goalie. Or that night, oh, well, you know what? We're only going to put him in there for a little while. Or, or this is this is the night Sidney Crosby sits down. No, 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 no. Oh, Ovechkin needs rest today. No, doesn't matter. You're taking the Capitals. That's who you are. You're taking the team. In the NBA, the same thing. In the NBA, we see it all the time in the NBA. The line's moving and shipping because people give off. We remember the Popovich game where he, re- on national TV, just decided to rest his entire starting team. Okay, but you're betting on the team. Some guys might be in there for a minute or two, but, but you're betting on the team. And even if they're not in there, it doesn't matter. Your bet is there. So in Major League Baseball, you bet on the starting pitcher. The listed pitcher is what you're betting on. So let me give you the example. Taking the Dodgers against the Yankees, Garrett Cole against Clayton Kershaw. Well, if 15 minutes, and you pick listed pitchers, if 15 minutes before the game begins, 
all of a sudden, Clayton Kershaw comes down with a sore arm and they pull him out of the game. Your bet is null and void. Your bet doesn't count. Dodgers could win 10 nothing. Dodgers could lose 10 nothing. It doesn't matter. Your bet doesn't count. Your bet is wiped out. Completely wiped out because Kershaw went down. Well, that's not the case anymore. Now, on the surface, guys, this seems like, okay, it's just a corona kind of situation, right? It's just because of, of corona and the problem across the country and the idea that we don't know an hour before game time who's going to be pulled out. Maybe somebody comes down with something where it feels a twinge in a season that might have a lot of injuries. Okay, it feels like a quick thing. But I've talked to people on the inside. I've talked to people in sportsbooks positions, and they're saying they think that this is going to last. And they I think this is going to last because, you know, a lot of people go into the opener. After this year, which after the 60 games, you're going to see us revert back to a lot of openers, a lot of guys that are going for only an inning or two. So you're not really betting on the starting pitcher. I will say this. The offshore sports books led the way once again. Some offshores were doing this for a while. And it's an advantage to whoever wants to take advantage of it. That's what the advantage is. I've read extensively Twitter comments. I've read comments on on not my own Twitter, on other people's Twitter, articles that came out about this. And there are two sides to this coin. Side one is, well, the better has the advantage. And I believe that too. I am a guy that absolutely bets on the starting pitcher. I like betting on the starting pitcher. I love first five starting pitchers. I, I absolutely love it because the bullpen gets involved and it's a problem. But I also know to pay attention. So I think you have an advantage as a better as opposed to the general public. But there's the flip side to this. And the flip side is all of these casino partners have an exclusive deal with Major League Baseball where they're getting data, they're getting stats, they're getting numbers, they're getting information before the general public does. So they may know that Clayton Kershaw was favoring his left arm this morning, but the media doesn't know that and it's not allowed to release it. But Major League Baseball have to, has to tell the casinos, well, you know what, listen, Kershaw might not be starting tonight. Be careful with that line. Be cautious with that. So it's something to keep in mind. Your bet you know, is just locked in. It's just locked in. And, and it's the same thing with the over-under, guys. This is going to be the same thing with the over-under. Think about this. Let's say you go out there and you take an under on Kershaw and Cole. Under seven runs and Kershaw doesn't start. That does absolutely get impacted. So this is massive news, but it depends on how you're looking at it. How are you going to take advantage of it? We, we've spoken about this. There's always an advantage if you could find the advantage. I think this is an advantage to very smart, very heady, very intelligent betters. We watched Jacob deGrom during summer camp. By the way, I can't stand the thing summer camp, but we watched Jacob deGrom during summer camp kind of wincing coming off the field, right? He threw a couple of pitches and he was wincing coming off the field. His back didn't look right. His arm kind of dangling there. And people said, well, it's a shoulder problem. It's an arm problem. It was his back, but you could see the pain in his face. And you can see, oh, maybe that's a problem. Hey, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. But if I'm watching that start and I'm watching that game, well, I'm going to be well aware that the next time I make a bet on the New York Mets and Jacob deGrom is starting, he may go short and start. So it is an advantage where you think the advantage is. This also goes for run lines as well, guys. Everything is just basically you're betting on the team. For those that don't bet Major League Baseball, there's not a lot of difference here, right? There's not a lot of difference here for you. Uh, those that bet Major League Baseball, 
you're betting on a team. You're used to doing this in the NBA. You're used to doing this in the NFL and college. You're used to doing this in every other sport. You're just betting on the team. But for those that do bet Major League Baseball, this is pretty enormous. Pretty enormous. Now, let's go down the rabbit hole, shall we? Because down the rabbit hole is where sports betting, you start to get a little crazy. Down the rabbit hole, what about listed goalies? Do you think that that's going to be a thing? Look, if the sports books themselves believe they can take an advantage, what about that? What, what do you think about having an idea where a listed goalie will be listed and you have to bet on the goalie? Okay, not a lot of hockey guys out there, maybe. I get it. If this works, remember, we're in a copycat organization. And you always say, well, the NFL is a copycat league, right? Well, guess what? Sports books are a copycat. Usually an offshore try something. And this is, this is just reality. I'm not disparaging the brick and mortars. Usually an offshore try something. They try something wild, something crazy. We're going to give crazy numbers, crazy stats. We're going to give odds boost, well, whatever it is. We're going to give you an Ivy League football game. We're going to do something that the brick and mortars don't do. So the offshore tries it some small offshore, to try to get action to their site because nobody else is offering A, B, or C. Somebody else is, is going to try it. And then when that succeeds, one of the bigger offshores says, well, we're going to take a look at that. And we're going to go and take a look at that. And then once the proven model has been done offshore, that's when the big boys, that are the brick and mortars, start to take a peek. And they say, let's change this. So this started, for those uh, in the know, for those that absolutely understand where I'm coming from, this started in the offshores. You had this years ago, years ago in the offshores. And then it built up to some of the bigger, some of the more high-profile offshores. And now it's come to the, the States. And it's come to the States, much like the DH, in a veil of fear of coronavirus. But that's not why. This is probably going to be forever. I will say, though, there is an offshoot, and this is where I was going with this. It's a copycat business. If they start to see that this is working, and there are a lot of injuries, right? Uh-oh, all of a sudden, there's a lot of baseball players getting injured early. Uh, they're, they're getting pulled out with an hour before the game. They're going down that path. If the rest of the casino business and the sports betting business start to see this trend, how long until we have starting quarterback listed quarterback must play? Just for the corona season. But would that be shocking to anybody? During a season where we are teetering on the brink of even having a season, would it shock anyone out there if we have to have listed quarterback must play? So while they're taking away listed quarterbacks in the NFL, what about the NFL? Will we have that? Or will that be a position where, well, sports books are getting the data? They have an exclusive data partner with the NFL. They have a data partner, right? Well, if you have a data partner, maybe you want that information. Maybe you know Tom Brady's not feeling good. See, this is where it all gets tricky. When last year, or a year and a half ago now, when we sat back, we started to have a conversation about official data. And this MGM signs with this, and this company signs with this, and DraftKings, and this, and FanDuel, and all these companies signed official data partner, this. I went down that rabbit hole with you. I went down the rabbit hole, and I said, guys, I like that the NFL is involved, Major League Baseball is involved, the NBA is involved, NHL. I like that they are involved, but I worry where this can go. Now, I'm not telling you that they're doing anything shady or fishy. Absolutely not. But I'm telling you, you can go down this rabbit hole with me. And as you go down this rabbit hole with me, 
understand what you're getting into. Again, I'm not telling you you can't take advantage of this because I think you can. It's you against a sports book, sure, but you got to keep your ear to the ground. You have to understand your sources and, and watch and pay attention. You have to know that when you're sports betting. But ladies and gentlemen, the general public, the guy that wants to throw 20 bucks on a game, is not going to do the research. He's not going to go into it. He's not going to watch every Jacob DeGrom start to watch him walking off with a bad back and be cautious next game. And you could say, well, anything could happen in gambling. Exactly. They're making this gambling instead of informed investing, and that's what we call what we do. Sports betting, you can have an advantage over the sports book. This isn't roulette. This isn't blackjack, okay? This is not by chance. Absolutely not. This is absolutely 100% a designed business that you can win. And every day that they chip away at your advantage, you got to find a new advantage. You have to. Now, I will say this. What this will do as far as the general public uh, at large, this is going to move lines massively in the last 30 minutes. Why would anybody make a bet without seeing the guy warming up in the bullpen at this point? Seriously. Why would anybody make a bet on any pitcher without seeing him warming up, looking good, he's out there, I feel good about it, he's going to be a full go, I'm ready to go, boom. You're not going to do it. I'm not betting anybody the night before. I'm not betting anybody at, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon for a 1030 at night West Coast game. I'm not doing that. Are you kidding me? No chance. No way. Not in the corona, COVID, whatever kind of virus you want to call it. Not in that world. And guess what? Not in the world's moving forward. We are now in a position where that is easier, though, because we all do have a sports book in the palm of our hands, literally. So you're able to do this because you don't have to wait online. But understand that last 30 minutes, guys, last 20 minutes, hey, last 10 minutes even, that's going to be crazy, crazy numbers, which again gives us an advantage, doesn't it? We have to know where the public's going. If you think your money's on the public money, you, you might have to wait till a minute before first pitch to get that great value, that awesome value. So it helps the sports books in a lot of ways. I'm not denying that. They have the data. They have the information. They have the exclusive partnerships. They have all that you are talking about when you get into the exclusiveness of all of this, right? You got all that. I get it. But there are advantages that we can absolutely take advantage of as smart bettors. And the timing is there. I'm not as upset that they announced this or they are, are doing it at all. I saw the reaction from sports bettors and they flipped out. I think it's a good thing. I'm in the camp that this will help. Now, you have to change your mindset. Okay, you've got to change your mindset. You have to know if I like a game, I have to watch the line movements in the last 30 minutes, the last hour at the very least. I want to see if I like a team, I want to see that pitcher on the mound. I want to know, make sure he's going to go. I want to get information from coaches and staff. I want to watch and keep my head on a swivel to know how did he lead up to this week? How was things going? You have to do that. But you also have the ability to know what will the public do? Will the public come bashing down on this starting pitcher late in the game? And if they're doing that, you could get a great price. 
especially if you're an underdog player in Major League Baseball, a plus 135 could turn into a plus 175 in a three-minute span. At the same sports book, just because where the public's money is going. Oh, we're all not sure if uh, DeGrom's going to pitch. We're not sure. We're not sure. Well, pfft. It's okay. If he pitches or not, I'm, I'm on the other side. Well, you, know, you get the other side, plus 135. Then all of a sudden they go, okay, DeGrom's going to pitch. About 40 minutes before game, DeGrom's going to pitch. Where do you think that money's going to go? That money's going to come flowing in on DeGrom. People are going to love DeGrom. Now, if you're on the other side, okay, your 135 just went up to plus 175. Boom. Take advantage with two minutes to go before the game. You put your bet in. You have to now utilize mobile apps massively. And I'm telling you now, and I've said this many times before, you have got to have options. Go get yourself five, ten sports books. Have options. Keep track. Find the best numbers because you're going to see that late influx of money coming in. And that late influx of money may come in on DraftKings, but not on FanDuel. And it may come in on points bet, but not MGM. It may come in at Caesars, but not. It might come in one place, but not another. Watch that. Especially if you're a baseball underdog player. Especially if you're a totals player. Especially if you're a first fives player. This is all now become more work. And it's going to be harder for the sports better. But I think the smart sports better has a distinct advantage. This is massive news. Don't let them tell you it's not. And don't let them sweep it under the rug. This is huge. All right, guys. We do have other big, big, big news. A huge team. Huge play I have been giving you for months. I'm pulling off. Completely pulling off of it. I'll talk about that and more right after this on Wagering Week. Now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? All right, guys. I have a lesson for all you students out there because I'm going to teach you something during this What Are the Odds. What are the odds that Mike Trout will win his fourth American League MVP award? Well, the odds right now for Mike Trout, even in the shortened season, to win the MVP, if you want to do just Mike Trout with his fourth MVP award, it's plus 105. But to win the MVP as an individual player, the odds are plus 125. What? Yeah, they do this. Sportsbooks do this often, guys. And this is why I wanted to show you this today and what are the odds. Mike Trout to win the MVP is plus 125 if you go to the individual player prop list. You go up, you pull a sheet, and it says individual player props. Who will win the MVP? Mike Trout plus 125. But they have a separate prop play. And the separate prop play is just, will Mike Trout win his fourth American League MVP? And you're getting plus 105. Why would anybody take this prop play at plus 105? I can turn the page and go get plus 125 to win the MVP. It's all about the wording. You see this a lot in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, you see it a lot. You see something to the effect of, uh, well, will Rasheem Mostert uh, rush for over 63 and a half yards, yes or no? And you get plus 105, yes, minus 110, no. Okay, you have that. But then if you go and you look, and it says, player prop, Mostert, over and under 63, uh, and you're getting even money here, you wouldn't have to lay the 110. I mean, we see it all the time in Super Bowl props when you have these weird props, these weird uh, kind of situations. We had this on the Lakers and the Clippers, right? You had a, an option before the year 
will the Lakers or the Clippers win the NBA title? And the odds were pretty terrible. Because if you just took the Lakers and the Clippers by themselves, so let's say you're going to bid $100. Instead of taking the $100 and saying, will the Lakers or the Clippers win the NBA championship? Yes, no. And whatever you're getting back. Let's say $100 won you 200 bucks. You could have gone out there on, on a 4-1 to one and taken the Lakers and a 5-1 to one and taken the Clippers, and you get better odds. And it happens all the time. But you've got to learn how to decipher these things. And that's where I'm here. I'm here with you to navigate you through the water. So that is what are the odds. Very strange odds. Very weird. But I want to keep you guys away from that. <laughs> really. I mean, it, we have to stay away from that. All right. Let, let's talk about just a, a few corona things that, that I'm, I'm a little concerned about here. Okay. I don't want to get into a negative, but we've got to talk about a certain few things. I'm not going to get into... Major League Baseball, really. I want to talk a little bit about the NBA. We know about Russell Westbrook and testing positive, and we know about how the NBA was, and, and Michael Beasley was quarantined and whatnot. But what about when we really start to break it down? What about the NFL? Because the NFL is in a position where they are so far behind everyone else. They are really are very, very far behind everyone else. Because of the obvious schedule. Look, the NFL hasn't been affected yet. The NFL draft went off without a hitch. Obviously, it went off in, in Vegas, but people love the style. The NFL got great. Oh, wow, rave reviews. Oh, whoa, this, this was good stuff, right? Bill Belichick's dog's making picks for him. I mean, it went well. They haven't felt the corona problem really at all. The other leagues had to. The NHL had to cancel their season, adjust, figure out what they're going to do, pick hub cities, move it over to Canada, try to find out the travel itinerary, how are we going to get people with visas, are we allowed in Canada? It's been a nightmare. The NBA had to do the same thing. We're going to cancel in season. How are we going to do? All right, let's create this hub in Orlando. We're going to put everybody into this uh, kind of Olympic training village, and they're going to complain on Twitter about the size of the rooms in great detail, and they're going to complain about the food, and everyone's going to be together, and then we're going to give them a ring, and we're going to give them a ring that tracks everything uh, from their heartbeat to where they are, and the guys are already trying to figure out, well, if I put a piece of tinfoil there, will they not be able to find out where I am. I mean, they have to deal with all of this, all the contingencies. Major League Baseball, oh my goodness, was there more of a headache than Major League Baseball? Well, we're negotiating for one-third of our contract, but one-third of a, of a contract is actually only one-half of a contract. And will guys get to opt out? And if they opt out, will they lose service time? And will we paying major minor leaguers? Are we even having a minor league? It has been a nightmare for all these leagues. And the NFL sitting back and going, do 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 Everything's going along swimmingly. All right, we didn't get the draft in Vegas, and everybody loved the draft. So everything's going along. Well, we're starting to see a little bit of the effects. And this, to me, uh, this is hard. This is a hard one. It's hard because I I'm trying to not let my political and my personal opinion on coronavirus come in. But I think it's ridiculous how early we're, we're doing these things, how early we're calling for the things that the city of Philadelphia did this week. The city of Philadelphia have decided, and they announced, they will not allow fans to attend any Eagles game this year. They announced it now. They announced it now, the middle of the summer. The world, we know the world can be massively different in a month from now. Forget about a month and a half. 
six weeks, seven weeks, the world could be completely different. And why cancel it for the entire year? Why not just say, you know what, we're going to wait and see in September. Why say anything, first of all? But why say, uh, okay, they said there's no way for them to be safe having a crowd in there. That was from the health commissioner. Thomas Farley, managing director Brian Abernathy, then confirms the Eagles are still going to be allowed to play, but they will not have a crowd. Now, let's go into, again, all the meaning of this, because this is pretty devastating. First and foremost, I have given you guys the Eagles as a team I like this year. I look back and I look at Carson Wentz and I think, oh my goodness, look at what he did with no receivers last season. Hey, he, he, it was unbelievable. He had no one, nobody out there. Uh, guys off the street, they were pulling guys off of Philly streets and going, yeah, you know what? You're from a bar in sunny in Philadelphia, right? <laughs> go, go, go catch a pass. I mean, that's what they did. So I liked Philly. I liked their defense. I liked the upgrades they made. Darius Slay's coming over. I like the idea that I think Miles Sanders is a player, man. I think he can be a big threat if Zach Ertz stays healthy. I know Alshon Jeffries hurt, and he's probably going to start the year on a PUP list, but he they got some guys. They got Jalen Rieger in there. I liked Philly. I like the value on Philly. I liked what the Eagles can bring. I think they are well-coached. I don't care. You want to hate on Carson Wentz. He can't stay on the field. You're right. He can't stay on the field. But, man, when he's on the field, he's an MVP candidate every single time. So I think they have a good quarterback. They are well coached. They have a solid offensive line. They have good weapons now on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive, they are a top 10 defense in the league, no matter how you cut it, and they might be top 5 this season. I like their schedule. I think the Giants are a joke, and the Redskins are not much better, if better at all. And I think they could go head-to-head with the Cowboys. So I've given all my numbers. I went in to an odds boost in New Jersey And I put a nice, sizable advantage when they gave me the odds boost for the Eagles to win the division because I think that the Eagles can win the division. They gave me a nice odds boost, and I was feeling good about myself. I threw a couple bucks down on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl right after the Super Bowl because I liked what they were doing. Ladies and gentlemen, I am pulling off of every bet, everything on the Eagles, everything. The Eagles are no longer my team. This year, they're not a dark horse. They're not a good team. They're not. I'm pulling over everything. I'm, I'm not going near them in fantasy. Get rid of Carson Wentz. I don't care. I love him, but not too bad. Miles Sanders. I had Miles Sanders higher than most people had. I had Miles Sanders going into the top 10. I'm not drafting him now. I can't. I think it's so massively important to have fans in an NFL, in a football stadium, let's say. Forget about even NFL. NFL is in a football stadium. Unlike any other sport, Major League Baseball, you can play without the fans. What is your argument for the fans? Ah, the fans get you hyped up. They give you the emotion. They give you... They do. Emotionally, the fans are a support. I'm not taking that away from the fans out there. Absolutely not. Emotionally, it feels better to play in front of a crowd. Emotionally, you like to do it. But Major League Baseball, guys... Most of these guys are used to playing with very little fans because through high school, through college, through the minor leagues, there's not a lot of fans. There's not a lot of fans. The NBA. Let's go to the NBA. How much do the fans impact it? Well, they're doing the wave and it's crazy and it's loud. And oh, oh, that's fantastic, right? These guys play in a gym. We, we just watched the Jordan documentary that said the most competitive game he ever played was in an empty gym for the Olympics, Okay. It doesn't affect it that much. Hockey, same thing. Emotionally. Oh, emotionally. Sure. Line changes. Oh, yeah. But doesn't impact the on-the-field play. The NFL impacts on-field play. If you can't hear your quarterback, 
making adjustments, all of a sudden, that changes the way the game is played. If you can't hear the quarterback going from you know, a run to a pass and this guy, no. And if a quarterback knows it, he knows he's going into Seattle or Kansas City or one of these loud stadiums, they're going to design their game plan all week long, all week, to not have audibles involved. Well, we're not going to audible at the line. We're not going to do this. Why? I don't know if we're going to hear it. What about the offensive linemen? Offensive linemen can't hear the cadence. They can't hear the snap count. All of a sudden, they're getting false starts. It's third and three. Oh, man. Oh, false start. Now it's third and 13. Okay? The crowd noise is massive in the NFL. In the other sports, you can imagine that, okay, emotionally it might hurt this guy, but this guy's okay, and he likes to hear his fans, and he likes to see his girlfriend in the stadium. All right, whatever. That's emotion. Actual on-the-field play is impacted by how many butts are in the seats and how loud they are. Every time in the NFL and in college football. It is impacted with the loudness of the stadium because on-the-field play is impacted now. You have no fans in Philadelphia. There are no fans to root for the Eagles in Philly. Do you think Dallas cares if they're going to Philly? Oh, you got a tough road trip. Got to go to Philly. Ah, they're crazy. They boo Santa. They throw batteries at us, right? Oh, no, not anymore. Oh, go to Philly. Cool. It's like a little vacation because it's going to be nice and quiet. They don't care. And it only affects the home team. It's not like it's affecting both teams. Look, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, they don't allow fans in the stands. It affects everybody the same. Everyone the same. You're not getting fans in New York, but no fans in Philly. Oh, it's going to be crazy in Philly. No, 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 no. Everyone's affected exactly the same. You're playing in a stadium with no fans. The conditions are equal. The conditions are not equal if you have one NFL team saying, we're not allowing fans in the stands. I am in absolute, if you guys are poker guys, I am on tilt with this right now. If you're a stock market guy, I am sell, sell, sell. Sell, 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 right? I mean... This is this is a bad, bad, bad thing for the Eagles. This is massively horrible. I'm sorry, Philly fans. This is just... You're asking your team to win home games with no crowd. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You just you just ruined the Eagles' season. You just did it. I don't want to hear this talent can overcome. And I, I, I get it. You can. You know what? Patrick Mahomes can overcome this because his team is a Super Bowl champion. He's probably the best player in the league right now or one of the top two or three players in the league right now uh but even he can get advantage because the defense gets a little advantage from the crowd noise the philadelphia eagles cannot overcome having no fans in the stands this is ridiculous and to take it further oh by the way and i hate to again get into the negative but we have to if the eagles are deciding in friggin' july to turn around and say we're not having people in the stands in december if the eagles are doing it six months out and say no fans in the stands in december do you really think they're going to be the only city that does it do you really are you that naive that you think only the eagles are going to be the team that just decides no fans Absolutely not. You're going to see more of these NFL cities saying no fans in the stands. And if no fans in the stands comes into play, all of a sudden, the owners now come into play. It won't be as bad as Major League Baseball because Major League Baseball, um, they get a lot of their revenue 
with ticket sales. NFL works strictly uh, for television. They just do. Their television revenue is, is astronomical. So it's not going to be, let's close the season because Philly can't have fans. But it's going to impact them. It's going to impact them pretty, pretty huge. Now you go down the, the, the rabbit hole again, right? We're going to go down again. And we're going to say, what if Philly says, okay, well, we can't play in Philly. What if we play two towns over, two cities over, right? Why can't Philly go to another another city? And then who's to say? Look, Nashville is pushing for a Major League Baseball city. We have Montreal pushing for an NFL city. We have Nashville saying, well, you know what? If maybe some Major League Baseball pulls out, we can host a stadium. We know that they were saying that. The Las Vegas said, hey, we want a little NBA because eventually they want an NBA team. So anybody out there that might want an NFL team, if you're that city, aren't you going raising your hand? Yeah, yeah, come to us. Hey, come, come, come to our city. And what's stopping Philly from going to one of their cities Having Philly fans there, and now you bet against Philly like Tom Martin just told you to. Now going bad off of Philly, and now they have fans in the stands, and they're back and doing well. This is the world we live in right now. This is where we live. If you're not confused, you're not paying attention. I mean, that's reality, guys. You know, I don't want to say that this is going to ruin the NFL season completely, but it's a bad omen to have. You know, we're not talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, by the way, I'm waiting for any day for them to say that that all of a sudden, well, we're going to just play in Europe. I mean, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a premier franchise in a premier city with a premier quarterback who their fans are looking at a Super Bowl and legitimately looking at a Super Bowl. I mean, we all are, but they're little, legitimately looking at a Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden they're doing that. California just went to uh, you know, online learning in some places in L.A. County and stuff. If you can't send your kids to school, you're going to tell people, 55,000 people, 60,000 people, yeah, you could go watch a Rams game? This is where we live, guys. When it comes down to sports betting, I've been telling you guys, you know, if you don't get in very early, which I did, um, then get in very late. And this year, <laughs> that is the theme of today's show, isn't it? Bet late on baseball. Bet late with the NFL now. Because... You've got to take advantage of knowing the knowledge and the knowledge of what are we talking about and where are we going to be. The city of Philadelphia not allowing the Eagles to have fans will impact on the field play. It will impact the city. It will impact the team. It will impact your fantasy lineups. It will impact how you bet on the Eagles. And not only at home. This is the big mistake. A lot of people are going to go, all right, well, I just won't bet the Eagles at home. Yeah, but if you don't have that home crowd, and, and imagine going through a season where you're just not getting the love and the, the, the cheering and the advantage, it could become a grueling road trip. And all we have to do is go back just two years. Remember when the Chargers were nomads, right? And they're playing in like a, a soccer stadium. They didn't have a home crowd. Nobody was going there to cheer them on. Think about how teams do when they go over to Europe. They talk about how completely weird it is. Everyone kind of cheers everything, but it's it's just sort of cheering. They're, they're wearing Chiefs jerseys to a Jacksonville indie game. You know, it's just happy to have the NFL. There's no real crowd impact, and they've com been complaining about it since they've gone to Europe. They've been complaining about that situation. So if they're complaining about it going to Europe, we know it has an impact. If they've already had a conversation when the, we've watched this with the Chargers just years ago, that the Chargers just didn't have home field advantage and it was just horrible. Guys, how can anybody go out there and feel good about the Eagles this year? This is just huge. And it's huge because I was on the Eagles. I thought they had a lot 
to do this year. Hey, Dallas, you guys be smiling ear to ear because the city of Philly really just hurt the Eagles. All right, guys. I know that is into the future, but let's go back to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet Bet to the the future. future. All right, guys. Bet to the future. This is an interesting prop play that has massive odds, but it's interesting. If you are one of these doom and gloomers, are you one of these guys that, you know, you have a big metal case in your backyard that you're going to live in if an asteroid hits? Or, you know, if you're one of these doomsday guys and you think the world is terrible and I got to wear a mask when I'm driving in my car by myself, well, maybe you want to play this. Because Bovada has a prop bet. That says, will there be an NBA champion crowned in 2020? This is really written well, isn't it? So it's not saying, will there be a championship? No, will somebody be crowned in 2020? It's got to happen in 2020. Yes is minus 600. No, plus 350. You get 350 back. Now, you don't want to bet it. And I understand what Bavada's doing. You don't want to bet against bad stuff. You don't want this to happen, right? But plus 350 with the news that's coming around, thinking, well, the NBA is going to go into like September. Uh, states are scaling it back. Uh, there's some spikes in some areas. Well, you know, right around when the NBA is going to be having their championship. All of a sudden, people are going to start going back to school. Uh, You're going to have, you know, parties for the end of the summer going on. I hope it doesn't happen. But I thought it was an interesting prop bet because you're getting huge odds on, of course, minus 600. Of course there's going to be an NBA champion crown. Ah, I don't know. I'm not taking the plus 350, okay? But I wouldn't argue against you if you really wanted to go down that road. I just wouldn't. So that is bet to the future. It's not a good bet for the future, but listen, if you can make some money, (laughs) you can make some money, kind of. I got to give you all the angles, even if it's the negative I got to give you the angles. All right, let's go into a little college football because I'm watching people kind of spiral out of control here with college football. So I want to reel you back in and give you a little bit of good news after we talk about the bad. The bad is there will be no Ivy Leagues this year. No Ivy League football. I'm a huge Ivy League football fan. Look, they have a different set of rules anyway. Most of them aren't televised. I know there's no there's different stuff. I love Ivy League football. I think it is a a very pure way of playing. But that's besides the point, how my feelings are. And you go, well, I can't bet on Ivy Leagues unless it's offshore anyway. You're right. So why do we care? Well, we care because now there's conversation to cancel Division Two football. And if there's conversation to cancel Division Two football, that means there is having conversation, whether you want to admit it or not, to cancel all of college football. And college football is a little bit different than any of these pro sports. In a pro sport, this is your career. You have a union. You're getting paid handsomely. You have backups, insurance. You have all the things in place. And you can sign a waiver as an adult and say, here you go. Here's my waiver. I don't care. If I get corona, here you go. I'm going to play. College is a little bit different. College is, first of all, you are already just assuming that all students are going back. I can tell you. First-hand experience, 100%. I know this for a fact. Uh, a place like Harvard is not going back this year. It's a full online learning. So now are you going to bring students on campuses that are doing online learning just to play sports? 
Well, Stanford just cut how many sports, right? 10, 11 sports. So they don't think it's a great idea. And I go down the, my history, my history of knowing what we know throughout this virus. That's the only thing I could go on, right? I'm not taking Donald Trump's side. I'm not taking Dr. Fauci's side. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going on what we know. What we know is this, is that I was really angry when the Ivy Leagues were the first to cancel their Ivy League tournament. They were the first. They were out in front of this thing a week to 10 days before anybody else. Then all of a sudden the tournaments got canceled. Then the Ivy Leagues were the first to say, you know what? We are going to full online learning. After the Ivy Leagues did that, they were a week to 10 days a little early, and then everybody started to, all these colleges started to say, yeah, maybe, maybe that's a good idea. So I'm watching the trend of, well, the Ivy Leagues decided they were going to have no conference tournament in basketball. Other people followed. Well, Ivy Leagues decided only online classes. Other people followed. Well, the Ivy Leagues just canceled their football schedule. And now we wait and see. We wait and see. But I will reel some of this back and give you some goodness here at the end of the show. A lot of people are freaking out because a lot of these conferences are deciding to play only in-conference games and not travel outside. If you're playing only in-conference games, the logic here is that, well, you're going to play closer to home. Not a lot of travel, right? You're not going to travel Michigan's going to play Ohio State. Michigan's going to play Wisconsin. Okay, not not a lot of air travel, which the air travel might be a problem now. We could throw these guys on a bus and, and do it old school if we need be. Let's just try to get football. The SEC was the first ones that said, well, you know what? We're, listen, we're going to be fine because look at how close everybody is. Okay, that's fine. Guys, Nebraska's in the same conference as Rutgers. <laughs> okay, Rutgers is in Jersey for those that don't know. So forget about that idea. But it's not the end of the world. I hear people going crazy. Oh, my God, the conference is this and the conference is that. A lot of these out-of-conference games are cupcake games anyway. A lot of them. I'm not saying all of them. But, you know, Alabama doesn't have to play St. Mary's School for the Blind for the third time in the third year in a row. You don't need it, okay? That's what Alabama plays. They play cupcakes. Just give them a bye week if they need a bye week to, to recover, to save in there. If you need these kind of things. Jim Harbaugh, you you need you don't need to go play USC, okay? We'll judge you on your conference schedule. It's a unique twist. I don't love it. I don't think it's going to last, but it's a unique twist. But I hear people freaking out about this. So I wanted to give you some stats. Canceled games as a result of the Big Ten. And the Big Ten is what everyone's really, really, really crazy about. If you go down everyone else's schedule, the Big Ten uh, is seemingly, oh, my God, their schedule, they're, they're only doing in conference. This is the end of the world. Drop a bomb. Okay. Canceled games as a result of the Big Ten's conference-only schedule. This is this is what they are. Ohio State, Oregon. All right, that's, that's a big one. That's going to be missed. Ohio State, Oregon is a potential championship Final Four type of game. But let me ask you this. If Ohio State lost that game and they had the only loss of the year was against Oregon and Oregon loses that game and their only loss of the year was against Ohio State, don't they both still have a chance to get into that Final Four? Yeah, they do. So while it's for a viewership, oh man, that's an awesome game. For a college football fan, this is this is great. This is huge. This is awesome. Okay. The reality is that both of them could have lost that game 
and still made the playoffs. Now, you could argue the other way. Look, if one of them wins, it it, it propels them. Yeah, sure, it certainly does. But it's not the end-all, be-all. Sounds impactful, but when you break it down, it's not as impactful as you think. How about Michigan-Washington? Washington's not going to be the same team this year at all. So it's it's a perceived win by Michigan against a solid team. Is anybody turning around and taking Michigan and, let's say, moving them from 8 to 4 because they beat Washington? No. No. It, it's a slight move. Could could they jump up from 6 to 5? Sure. But no one's going to be looking at the final schedule and say, well, you know, Michigan beat Washington. And the same thing with Washington. Look, if Washington wins that game, then they're perceivingly going to have a really good year. I mean, at the end of the day, this is not that impactful. How about Penn State, Virginia Tech? All right. This is this is a good one. This would boost Penn State, and this would boost Virginia Tech. But doesn't Virginia Tech just kind of have to beat Clemson and take over Clemson this year to get in? I don't think that Virginia Tech, with a loss here to Penn State, they lose to Penn State, but they beat Clemson and, and win the ACC. They're getting in anyway. And it's the same thing with Penn State. Could you accept a loss to Virginia Tech, but you go out there and you beat Ohio State and Michigan? You're going to win the Big Ten, and you're fine. So again, it's about winning the conference. What about Iowa, Iowa State? This is a tough one because it's an in-state rivalry, and this makes literally no sense. Like I just said, the Big Ten is perfectly okay. We're going to have a non-conference schedule. We're perfectly okay with people having to travel from Nebraska to New Jersey, New Jersey to Nebraska, and, and, and all over the, the place because Rutgers is in this conference. But Iowa, Iowa State, where they could jump on a bus and go, this one hurts. It doesn't hurt the schedule makers, but it hurts for the fans. Even if they're not in the stands, it's going to hurt. Miami, Michigan State, this is an interesting one. And I think that there are two impactful games, and I'll get into why in a minute. Miami, Michigan State is one of those impactful games. Miami can lose a game in the ACC and beat Michigan State and move themselves up a little bit. And they could be in the conversation with a loss if they have the Michigan State win on their agenda, and it's the same thing with Michigan State. Now, I don't expect either one of these teams to be a legitimate top-four threat, but forget about what I feel. This is just on paper. Both of these teams would be helped by that win. This one hurts. And then the one that hurts the most is Wisconsin-Notre Dame. And I'm going to go into Notre Dame for a moment because this non-conference stuff hurts Notre Dame more than anyone. Notre Dame doesn't have a schedule. They just don't. Guys, Notre Dame is an independent, okay? They do not have any in-conference games. So they have to schedule the big boys. They have to schedule that to have any kind of season. Notre Dame's schedule, as of now, they were supposed to play Navy, Arkansas, Western Michigan, Wake Forest, Pitt. So, so far, Navy, all right, eh, not moving the needle. Arkansas, not moving the needle. Western Michigan, Wake Forest, Pitt, none of them are moving the needle. Duke, still not moving the needle. They play Clemson. Georgia Tech's not moving the needle. Louisville, maybe, and USC. The USC game has been canceled. Wisconsin game has been canceled. So I'm looking at Notre Dame's schedule if it stays as is, because the ACC hasn't said we're going to a, just a pure conference here. Basically, Notre Dame has to win every game. Because even if they lose to Clemson, guys, they're going to probably be knocked out. I can't imagine Notre Dame not being knocked out. Now, 
Here's the good news for you Notre Dame fans. And I haven't seen it happen yet, but I expect it to be happening in the next two weeks. The good news is this. The more teams that drop out and go to a full conference schedule, the more opportunity Notre Dame has to swoop in and go, you know what, we'll play you. We'll come and take you. We'll, we'll, we'll take that game, sure. And they have the money and the power to do it. So, for example, if the ACC, who still have not decided to cancel their season, if the ACC wants to be involved here, well, Miami, Michigan State was just canceled. Michigan State pulled out of that game because they can't play out of conference. Notre Dame can basically become a part of the ACC and take on Miami. And if Notre Dame then is taking on Clemson, Louisville, Duke, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, I mean, they're playing the ACC schedule anyway. And people that are voting, look, this is not an X's and O's thing. People that are voting are going to look at Notre Dame and they're going to look at Notre Dame as an ACC school and they're going to hold Notre Dame up to ACC level standards. And if the ACC level standards are Notre Dame went throughout the whole season, they only had one loss and it was only to Clemson who won the ACC, Notre Dame might get backdoor and get into the playoff. I like Notre Dame's team this year. I thought they were going to be very good. And I look at their schedule, and that was a big part of the, the reasoning here. I think they're better than Navy, Arkansas, Western Michigan, Wake Forest, Pitt, Duke, Georgia Tech, Louisville, they get at home. USC would have been a problem, and Clemson, they get at home. So you have two games, um, when I'm looking at this from a handicapper standpoint, you have two games where they'll be underdogs, two, all year. The Louisville game's at home, so they're not going to be underdogs there, even though that might be a little bit harder a game than people give credit for. The Louisville game's at home. They even get Duke at home. Even a, a tough team like Duke that, you know, they could be a thorn in people's sides. They even get them at home. So they have two tough games all year. Clemson and USC, and the USC game is gone. The USC game is canceled. That was supposed to be right after Thanksgiving. That game is gone. So you have Clemson. Notre Dame has really one game to prove themselves. You're telling me that if Clemson beats Notre Dame in South Bend 27-24 with a late field goal and Notre Dame wins this ACC-type schedule except against Clemson in a tough game, you really think that Notre Dame is not going to be in the conversation? Of course they will. But they need a little bit more boost, don't they? Because where is that good win? Well, USC would have been it if they could get that done. Where's that good win? Oh, this is where Miami comes into play. So I think Notre Dame has issues right now, but I fully expect them to correct these issues. And I, I hope they correct these issues. I hope that they can step in and, and kind of say, okay, look, you guys need us. We need you. Uh, let's get this done. And let's get a real schedule together. All right, real quick before we head out the door here, a couple of gaming news and notes El Dorado Resorts and Caesars Entertainment, the regulators in the state of New Jersey, have approved the merger. This is going to be massive. The deal is estimated to be worth $17.3 billion. And now it's got to go through a few more steps, but it looks like it's going to be finalized. Uh, the El Dorado, Caesars going to keep the name. They're going to become Caesars Entertainment, Inc., the re customer rewards program are going to stay intact. An El Dorado senior manager will just oversee the operation. So they don't want to lose the name of Caesars. But this is massive. Absolutely massive. 
The last piece of gaming news is, on the surface, good news, but much like everything Andrew Cuomo touches is bad news. New York, there are rumors that an online sports betting in New York will be happening soon. Howard J. Klein uh, was speaking to Elite Sports New York, and the rumors are kind of true here, but there is a huge catch, and I'm paraphrasing from Elite Sports. Uh, Joseph Adabo Jr. had said, look, we might have a quick session. They want to have a quick session to get online sports betting approved in New York. They're trying to do this, okay? It's a road to online sports betting, but they're still talking about the constitutional amendment, which we have discussed many times. They, A constitutional amendment would need to pass, and they would need to pass this in two consecutive sessions in New York State Congress. And then it would need to pass a referendum. So that is a problem. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, they are going to sit down. They're going to push for online sports betting to come into New York. This can happen as early as next week. Okay, this could be fast passed and let's get distracted and let's go and oh yeah. And I use the word fast pass because anybody that's been to Disney knows what a fast pass is. It's just a faster way to wait on a line, but you're still waiting on that line, right? And it's going to be the same thing. They could fast pass this and get it going in New York State. We're going to get online gaming and oh, here we go. Sports betting is going to be here. But it could take until 2022 to be fully approved. The good news is if you're a New York resident, um, we may be completely bankrupt by then anyway. <laughs> okay, but uh, in all seriousness, the good news is that, look, they're talking about it again, where it was kind of put on the shelf. And I think that they understand that this is needed. And I think that this, uh, at the end of the day, tells you, yes, New York will get it. Just a matter of time. We've, we've watched $800 billion, and that was uh, the, uh, the estimate, $800 million, I'm sorry, went out of the country when you turn around and you go, Okay, well, where did it go? Well, a lot of it went offshore. But they're saying almost the same number went to New Jersey from New York. That is the estimate. So we tried to stop online and offshore and going out of America, but now it's leaving New York. So the good news is that they're talking about it. I do believe that it's going to get done. Well, let's see. My final thought here, I know Miles Garrett signed that five-year, $125 million extension. I think he's an elite talent. He is a two-cent head, guys. I don't even know if the, the guy should be playing right now after what he did to Mason Rudolph. I don't care uh, what was maybe said, sort of said. Somebody, I, I, none of, You don't do that on a football field, but the guy is an elite talent. And take away your personal feelings about Miles My, Garrett and you go, elite talent, that the team that put the faith in him early on now put the faith in him. I think the Cleveland Browns, and dare I say, I think the Cleveland Browns are heading in the right direction. You lock up your own guys. When you drafted him, you told him, you're our guy. He's produced at a level of being the guy. Go give him the guy type of money. So I don't like the deal for Miles Garrett because I think it could come back and bite the Browns, but I understand it, and I, I kind of say, all right, at least the Browns are trying to do the right thing. There's not a lot of times that you could say the Browns are trying to do the right thing. we got to see Miles Garrett this year. Miles Garrett could win the defensive MVP, but he's got to keep his head on straight. This is a, a, a guy that's now well-paid, and he's got to keep his head on straight. All right, guys, I'm Tom Bard for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. Yeah!
This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be a part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARDEN. That's 1-855-442-7836. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com.